Welcome to episode 34 of Your Town Crime. This week we travel to Hanover, New Hampshire. I'm going to talk about the history and some folklore. And Shannon's going to bring you the biggest crime the town has ever seen. Thanks to Podbean.com for getting our podcast out there to you guys. And thanks to Podbelly.com for teaching us how to make a podcast. If you want to learn how to make a podcast, go check both websites out. And we hope you enjoy the show. Hey Shannon, how's it going? It's going, Jason. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, we're gonna get two episodes out this month. <laughs> Yay! Sorry. We're so sorry, guys. Uh, we put so far we put one episode out in October and one in November, and that's not good enough. Yeah. Uh, we apologize. Um, you know we're trying trying to do better, but uh, we're having fun with life. We went to Disney World. We're I went to Disney trying World. to get better, but we're getting worse. Yeah. We, but uh. <laughs> Pretty much, we're we're putting our family uh, before the podcast. <laughs> it's, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, but uh, we need to try to find some time in there and and do a little mm-hmm. bit better better job of of uh, getting these things out more uh, yes. regularly. Agreed. Yeah. So it might be every two weeks. We're trying to figure out what, how we're going to do this, but uh, but we're getting better. So we're going to try yes. anyway. We got it. So, so Disney World. Disney World. That's why one of the well, we didn't get one episode out. Um, yeah, Disney World was great. Took uh, took my son down there. He was surprised. Didn't know about it till we oh. went through the gates. And I said, "What's that sign say?" And of course, you know, he recognized Disney, and you know, it looked like Disney. Uh-huh. So he, we Disney World. <laughs> he said, I've been wondering for a long time when we were going to come here. <laughs> and I said, "Well, we're here, bud." So he loved it. He loved every second of it. He's uh, not big on roller coasters yet, so that's that's fine with us. Uh-huh. And he's not. I don't know if he's tall enough to ride them. Some of them, but anyway, we uh. Had a lot of fun. He rode the Peter Pan ride twice. Uh, it's a small world twice. Uh, uh, that kind of thing. He loved those. Did and, he uh, love any certain? Did you go to all the parks? We just went to, uh, we were there two days. Went to the Magic Kingdom one day and uh, Hollywood Studios the second day. Okay. So he loved it. Uh, a lot of my time was spent just watching his reaction. Uh-huh. Things. Oh, that's so and, fun. Uh, yeah, it was great. Cause, I mean, I was so excited and I was emotional because it was so fun and exciting and magical because it's disney and we and we've it's that first our, reaction it's like what looking yeah. at the beach for the first time like yeah, you won't get that back again right mm-hmm. when you're seeing it you see that that fireworks show at night at the magic kingdom and and uh you know what's going on you know all the lights and everything mm-hmm. on, on the castle and you're just like wow this is yeah you know as an adult i'm like this is so cool this is great i feel like <laughs> a kid i feel i don't know i just feel warm inside uh-huh. because this is just so great and you look around and everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. Everybody, thousands of people that, thousands of people that are happy <laughs> and having fun together and nothing matters. And I was like, man, uh-huh. Disney needs, you know, I don't know. To be in every city. Something. <laughs> I, I, we all, we need to, anytime we start getting mad at each other, we just need to think about, uh, just start talking <laughs> about, car, you know, Disney t- cartoons or something. Uh-huh. Just to, cause it's, it's something that everybody really loves, uh-huh. you know? Uh, I'm sure there's some curmudgeon out there that hates <laughs> Disney, but 
what's wrong with you? <laughs> but I mean, it's, it was great. It wasn't hot either. So maybe that helped. That oh I yeah. Wasn't, that'd be know, awesome. The hot dad waiting in line. Yeah. But, sweating. Yeah. I had, <laughs> but it was great. It was uh, very comfortable and I had a good time. And did you have to wait better. for a long time? Like two Not hours? Not a long time. We, okay. if we would have, there was a few rides that if we would have done, we would have, we would have had to ride, wait a, a, for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, we waited the longest for the jungle cruise. Okay. But it was, it was okay. We haven't been, but it's somewhere I definitely want to take Mason. He would love it. It was a lot of fun. Disney's thought of everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the parks, you think they're big, but it doesn't take long to get from one side to the other. Uh And my my wife was, uh, we didn't take the baby. uh, So she was having to to deal with all that stuff with, uh, she's. I don't know. She don't want her business out there. But she was <laughs> she's having just a, taking care of a baby. She's taking care of baby stuff, and uh, the baby wasn't there. But you know, so anyways, it was. Uh, <laughs> she got it done, and it was pretty pretty nice. And, and we just kind of planned around things. So, uh, so anyway, it was just a. Uh, it was all right. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's a good trip. It was. It was a good trip. Yeah. So he's ready to go back, and I wouldn't. I don't mind taking him. So yeah, I was like, a little Christmas present. <laughs> I told Emily, I was like, me and Huck are just gonna fly down there sometime and go to. She's yeah. like, I want to go, and I'm like, you gotta watch the baby. So anyway, so maybe we'll take off one day and just. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, because you can get flights pretty yeah. cheap. Yeah, yeah from quickly. Yeah. You could go for a weekend. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, so that'd be fun. Right. So it's uh, it was it was great. So what you been doing the last month? It hasn't been a month. Well. First. It's been a while. Working, running. Oh, I went to Indianapolis and ran oh, with yeah, some you friends. Ran another marathon. Well, half. I didn't. Ra- I ran a half. Yeah, I decided not to do the full because I'm not that crazy now. <laughs> but one of our friends, Boston qualified, so that's amazing and so fun. She's worked so hard, and she's been accepted to Boston already. Yes, because so they accepted everybody. Well, that's like great. the first time they've ever. I don't know if that they've ever done that before. Yeah. Because usually they do an age group and you have to have a qualifying time and then they go by. Underneath, yeah. Yeah, your age, uh, they give you a qualifying time and you have to get under that. And then you're still not guaranteed a spot. Right. So and she qualified once before, made it, and then COVID happened. So she did a, she she still did the virtual. Uh Uh-huh. so that's cool. So now she's really going to get to go. She's really going to get to go. So yeah. that's so exciting. That's exciting. That'll so be she's, so fun. Yeah. Um, and the pressure is off. So I think she'll have a lot more fun because right. she's made Boston. So now she can just literally right. just have fun. So it'll yeah. be awesome. Yeah. She, One day, maybe. Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. So that's it. That's exciting. So you've, that was a good trip too. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, after we finished, uh, after she finished running, her and I went immediately shopping. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, we're like, who does this? We're walking around just like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, normally after a race, you know, you're just like, Ugh, I want to lay in bed. Right, yeah. <laughs> but we had no children or anything. It's like, okay, let's take advantage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little cool down. Yeah. A little cool down shopping trip. Yes. It's not bad. All right. Well, I guess we'll just uh, hop right into it. Okay. Is that so, good with you? Yep. Sounds All good. Right. All right. So we can get our skippers out of the way <laughs> and get you uh, crazy true crime nuts. <laughs> get your uh, your juicy story. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. So I got into a few uh, Facebook groups. I don't know if I said this on the podcast yet. I don't think you have. Uh, all right. So I got in, uh, we, I joined a few podcast groups as myself. And then I think one is as the, as true, as your town crime. But anyway, like 
some of the people on there, and maybe some of you guys listening, and you're like, well, maybe not listening anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, fast forward through this. They're like, don't like any banner. We don't like back and forth between the hosts. We just we want to press play, <laughs> and then they start talking about the gory details right then. I don't want anything in between. I just want press play crime, and it's over. And then I'm going to the next podcast about true crime and I want to hear all the gory details and listen I'm like, I would be so depressed because sometimes after an episode and we banter like we talk about happy things and good things about the town but after that crime I feel heavy oh yeah so like yeah. I can't do that so if right. you're one of those people it is totally fine fast forward skip move on <laughs> to those gory podcasts it's totally fine there's a million out yeah. and it's fine <laughs> but you you kind of creep me out a little bit. So I'm like, you're just a little bit too, <laughs> too little, little it. too into it. Yeah. Like, it's I think a you're lot. planning something. Yeah. Like you're trying to figure out how to, how to get away with this stuff. The perfect murder, yeah, maybe. So, oh, uh, Lord. It, it is. It's wild. But, but we uh, have had compliments, though. We have. So, I mean, we're so, just going to keep it as is. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, that's fine. That's fine. But thank you all so much for listening. <laughs> uh, we do appreciate it. Um, and and more people are listening. It's growing every month. It's still growing. And even though we're not putting a lot of podcasts out, more people are listening to them. Yes. So, uh, they yeah, might anyway. feel sorry for us. Yeah. So we're going to try to do better, like I said. But let's get right into it. And uh, Hanover, New Hampshire. I've never... Have I been to New Hampshire? Jason, I, I would say you probably I drove, have. I just went through, I went through New Hampshire in May, March. Okay. I went through New Hampshire this year in the okay. early spring. Well... Drove from Boston to uh, to Maine. What do you through. know, guys? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I stopped. I just was driving in it. Maybe we stopped, but it was just for a gas or something. I don't know. So anyway, I've never been to Hanover, New Hampshire, though. Uh, but I have heard of Dartmouth College. I have heard of Dartmouth. Yeah. I actually used to have a Dartmouth t-shirt. Really? Yes. I saw it in some movie, and I was like, oh, oh. I like that, and I got one. It was really weird. That's random. Yeah, and I also had like an Air well, Force t-shirt and like different schools, yeah. a Yale. Like, obviously, I didn't go to Yale. Right. Harvard, <laughs> people wear Harvard t-shirts. I don't know why. Yeah, but it was a weird It was a weird phase. I had an Air Force hat, but I wanted to go to the Air Force Academy. Yeah, I just so, had a t-shirt because I thought it was cool. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, right. I didn't have <laughs> twenty twenty vision, so I couldn't go to the Air Force. But now I've had LASIK and I have twenty twenty uh, vision. So but I don't I'm, think they. I don't. I think I'm too old now. Yeah, probably. Obviously, I'm forty two. <laughs> There's no way they're going to take me. So, but all right. So Hanover, New Hampshire, is in Grafton County. The population's around eleven thousand, almost twelve thousand, uh, from the two thousand twenty census. Uh, before it became a town, uh, before we became the United States, it was the home of the Abenaki Native Tribe. Um, but it was chartered as a town on July 4th, 1761, um, which didn't have any significance in, the, in 1761. Uh, it just happened to be on July 4th uh, by the royal governor, Benning Wentworth. Call 877 Cash Now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. <laughs> yeah, y'all remember that commercial, JG uh, Wentworth. Yes. Yeah, that's what I, th- I thought of <laughs> when I heard went with Wentworth eight seven seven cash now. All right. <laughs> anyway, all right. So by by seventeen sixty one, it's estimated that the Abenaki people had lost ninety percent of their population, and that's the whole tribe. That's not just in and uh, that's not just in Hanover, but that's the entire tribe. And they lost that population due to disease brought by the European settlers. 
1765 to 1766, that's when the first Europeans arrived. Uh, they, they came from Connecticut, uh, most of them. Uh, they came from everywhere, but mostly Connecticut. Uh, Edmund Freeman III, his family was the first permanent settlers. In 1769, Eliezer Willock is granted a charter to open Dartmouth College. So 1769, before we were a nation, Dartmouth College was, was chartered. So that's, uh, that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. wild. That's yeah. old. It's not as old as Harvard, um, but it's, it's pretty old. Mm-hmm. I, I saw this crazy, I'm, I'm going off topic again. <laughs> I saw something the other day that said the Aztec Empire started after Oxford College. Really? And I was like, what? That's not right. Aztecs were like, you know, 2,000 years ago plus, mm-hmm. you know, like BC. No, they weren't that long ago. It was like, like Oxford was started in the, the 11th century or somewhere there, 10 something. And the Aztec were like in 14 something. I was going to say 15th, like, 16th, maybe. That just didn't make sense in my head. But anyway, all right. So Dartmouth College <laughs> has been around a long time since uh, 1769. Um, Wait, 17- time out. What are you looking at to know this information? <laughs> I don't know. Random so nerd random. stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I was Jason like, what? nerding out. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I started looking it up. I was like, it can't be right. And it was. Right. So fact anyway. check. Yeah, I fact checked it and it was right. So um Okay, anyway. All right, yeah. Random <laughs> nerd stuff that I I don't know how I see things, but all right, so uh seventeen seventy five, the town uh started stocking powder and flints and lead and they voted to boycott British goods. So things are ramping up towards the well, the Revolutionary War starts, you know, kinda already started and uh, going on. Um in the 1780s, the southwest corner of Hanover, uh, which is known as Dresden, they defected from New Hampshire and went to the Vermont Republic, which was an independent state. Uh, but George Washington's like, hey, uh, let's get everybody back into the, the United States and we're going to uh, kick the British out and you can be part of us. So so, Dar- uh, so Dresden ended up coming back um, and like getting back into New Hampshire. Uh, Vermont kind of stayed its own little thing until the United States took them out a couple of years later. 1790, they started the first public schools there in, uh, in Hanover. 1797, the Dartmouth Medical School started. 1880, and of course this interested me, the first sewers are constructed in Hanover. Mm-hmm. And uh, the 1890s, the Hanover Water Works was incorporated. So that's what I do. Uh, water and water and wastewater uh, in our small town. So we, we didn't start then, but we were 20, 30 years after this. So, mm. so that's pretty early. I bet they had some water or some wood uh, water mains, which is interesting and uh, probably still in there waiting to be discovered at some point. So uh, 1895, Dr. Gilman Frost makes the first medical x-ray in the United States oh, at cool. Reed Hall. And it was of a boy's broken arm. So mm. before that x-ray had just been kind of a, uh, like a sideshow kind of thing. It hadn't really taken off or they hadn't found a use for it. And doctors were finally like, hey, we can see how bad this kid's arm's broken. And they used it. So that's, uh, awesome. so that's neat. All right. 1901, the telephone comes to town and they had 21 subscribers. 1904, Dartmouth Hall burns. 
and it was built in 1784. So it was one of the main halls on the campus. It burned, and 24 hours later, uh, the alumni had raised enough funds to replace the entire building, and oh, they wow. built it back just like it was. Oh, that's cool. So 24 hours, the alumni was like, nope, this is mm-hmm. our school. We're going to gonna take care of it. And I'm sure Dartmouth had some pretty wealthy mm-hmm. alumni, so oh, it probably yeah, didn't take, so. take much. So there's a lot more facts. You can look at this website. I'll put it in our show notes. If, you, if you're from Hanover and you're like, I never knew any of this stuff about my town, there's a website that's like every year stuff <laughs> that happened in your town. There was fires. Um, you know, at one point, uh, the Hanover City made it a law where you had to have a bucket of water inside your house every night at nine o'clock by nine o'clock in case of a fire. So that was pretty something pretty neat that I oh, that I read. Um, uh, some people who were from the town. Um, there's, I mean, there's all kinds of people who came through Dartmouth, so they're going to be listed in there. But there's Pulitzer Prize winning poets, uh, writers, um, the authors. Somebody that I had that I knew of uh, when I came through was Al Barr. I didn't know his name, but he's the vocalist for Dropkick Murphys. If you know that that band, they're definitely a New England band, like a Boston, like uh, like a Celtic Celtic punk band from Quincy, Massachusetts. <laughs> so yeah, they're uh, they're pretty good. I put them on my running list back when I was running, and it was just like yeah, it makes you want to fight. And they're like you know, I think uh, there's probably I know there's been boxers that have come out. To some of their music, so oh, that's cool. It's been like some of their interest mu- music. Uh, John Spencer is another uh, musician. World Cross Country Championship uh, silver medalist in 2013. Ben True's from there. I'll throw him out since you talking about running earlier. There's just all kinds of people. Like I said, going through Dartmouth with Dartmouth being there, a lot of people went to school there, and um, so part of their their history is linked to Hanover. Uh, so the the list is pretty exhaustive. Exhaustive. I did find a story uh, about some folk folklore. You know, we I said in the show's opening that uh, that Shannon was going to talk about one of the only crimes, uh, the and, biggest crime. And I'm sure it's not the only, but right. when you Google search it, there is like I went through five pages of Google searches, and right. not uh, yeah. no other murder Nothing was mentioned. Mentioned, and I was like, well. I guess I'm they're going to do that one, right? So, and it's been, and you're, you're, I think I'd heard of it uh, because it is a, it is a big case and pretty recent. But I did find find something, uh, some New England folklore here. Uh, if you want to go to New England folklore uh, on blogspot.com, uh, you can find this. It's the Dartmouth's Demon Doctor, mm-hmm. and uh, this blog is uh, by Peter Muse uh, from Boston. And he's got a couple books. Uh, uh, he's the author of Witches and Warlocks of Massachusetts and The Legends and Lore of the North Shore. And uh, you can find him on YouTube and all kinds of stuff. And I'll link this this uh, in our show notes so you can see it. But The Demon Doctor of Dartmouth. Ooh. It's a, a story. He was born. The guy's name was Thomas Benton. But he was born in the late 1700s. He was the son of a prominent family, and he was sent to Germany to attend medical school. He was a great student, they said, but he felt like an outsider among the Germans. But he, he became a, a good friend and, and uh, formed a, a good re, a friendship with one of his old professors, or one of the elderly professors there. And the professor was kind of strange, 
other other faculty uh, kind of shunned him. He was the the professor that all the other students whispered about, and they weren't sure about the experiments that he did. He took Tom under his wing, and they spent many nights talking about medicine and science and theology. When he died, the old professor, not Tom, when the Tom, when the old professor died, he left Tom his books and a small locked chest. And Tom brought back all that stuff back to New Hampshire after he graduated. When he got back to New Hampshire, he quickly became the most respected doctor in New Hampshire. And it was said that he could heal any patient who came to him. But in 1816, he learned the limits of his medical skills. He was uh, engaged to be married, and his fiancée, who was the daughter of a wealthy landowner, came down with typhoid fever. He couldn't cure. He did everything he could, couldn't cure, and she died in his arms. He abandoned his home and his medical practice, and he... uh, he retreated up to a, a cabin on Mount Musilaki. The only possessions he brought with him were the books and that small locked chest. So it wasn't widely known, but that old professor and Tom had been working on the secret of eternal life. Yeah. Mm. So his fiance may have died, but Tom was determined to defeat death itself. Uh, so he, <laughs> he was up there in the woods by himself, and uh, things weird things started happening. Uh, people started finding farm animals, and uh, behind the, the farm animal's ear, there'd be a small wound uh, behind the ear. Uh, they found the body of a young man that had been stolen from an undertaker, and uh, it was found up on Mount Musilaki, and, it had a, and he had a small wound behind his ear. Ooh. So, yeah. So people, uh, people, you know, they, Tom was a respected doctor. So people kind of pitied him and, and kind of left him alone up there. But when the livestock uh, started dying and, uh, somebody, you know, did some grave robbing, they went after Tom. They got to his cabin and it was empty and he'd run off into the woods. He'd been driven mad by grief and by his experimentation. He had discovered the secret of eternal life but it cost him his sanity. All right, so so after that, you know, there's, this is a, it sounds like this is just one of those tales that Dartmouth, Dartmouth uh, students tell their, tell freshmen that come in, mm. um, that they'll go up into the mountains and camp, and, uh, and this is kind of like a ghost story that they'll tell. Uh, they'll tell stories about him throwing kidnapped children into, into ravines, uh, that he pushes hikers off the cliffs. Um, that he's terrorized, driven insane, and, and murdered loggers. He's burned down hotels, and he frightens Dartmouth students when they go up into the mountains. So, <laughs> uh, but he's immortal, so he's still there. Um, so he's had plenty of time to commit these acts. And, and um, you know, they say the, the writer here, uh, Pete, uh, Peter, he says, uh, he says to get the full legend, it takes several hours, and it, it's best heard late at night on the slopes of Mount Musilaki for members of the Dartmouth Outing Club. Uh, so the Dartmouth Outing Club, a um, little bit about that history. It's a, it's a, one of the oldest outing clubs in the, in the country uh, for a college. And it has, so the students have been going out into the mountains and, uh, and doing outdoor activities <laughs> for a while. And this is evidently one of those stories that they tell. So um, it's kind of cool. Keep that yeah, tradition alive. Kinda, yeah, it's kind of kind of fun. So the demon doctor, uh, they say you can uh, might be able to catch a glimpse of him if you go up into the mountain. Uh, 
It's an old man with long white hair and a black cape. And uh, <laughs> no thanks. So, just don't get close to any cliffs, and you'll be fine. Ugh. So anyway, so that's the Demon Doctor of Dartmouth. Okay. Uh, so a little bit fun, a little bit of folklore. Um, Lots of history. Little history. So fun stuff. I have to tell that one around the campfire. Make up, make up a few more tall tales to put in there. <laughs> Yes. All right, so Shannon, take us to a uh, true crime since this was not true. Okay. We need a well, true Well, this crime. is true, unfortunately, and you probably have heard of it because there's been several documentaries and books written about this particular case. But 20 years ago, a brutal murder struck the community of Hanover. Two teenagers, James Parker and Robert Tullock from Chelsea, Vermont, which is about a 40-minute drive from Chelsea to Hanover, decided the fate of two college professors on January 27, 2001. Can you believe that's 20 years ago? 2001. <laughs> yeah. I know it. <laughs> the teenagers bought SOG knives, which is a military knife that was used during the Vietnam War, and they were en route to Hanover. Their plan was to threaten the couple into revealing their PIN numbers to their bank accounts to rob them. When I dug into this, it wasn't that they had planned this particular couple. Um, they didn't drive 40 minutes to rob this couple. They just happened to answer the door that night, um, which was unfortunate, but... I guess the month prior to January 27th, they had attempted four other houses. Like they cut the phone wire to one house, went to the door, knocked on it, couple didn't answer, went to the next one, didn't answer. So I guess the area that they lived in was or looked wealthy, and that's why they chose this area. So half and Suzanne Zantop, half is the man's name, Suzanne, woman's name. They were professors at Dartmouth. The two had been married over 40 years and had taught at Dartmouth since the 1970s. On the night of January 27th, Suzanne was cooking dinner for the couple and some friends. Half heard a knock at the door, and when he opened, he saw two young men, Joshua and Robert, standing there. The teenagers concocted the story, and they told Half that they were college students and were doing research on earth science and asked if they could ask him some questions. Once inside, the teenagers were unprepared in their questions for Half, and he started to show his irritation. And according to the boys, he got a little bit angry. Like, what? you know, I could just, this isn't quoted, but he was probably like, why are you, if you're doing research on something, why don't you have the correct, you know, answers, you know, or mm -hmm. questions, da, da, da. Well, this angered Robert. And when Josh and Robert had entered the house, Josh had told authorities that he told Robert, I don't, let's not hurt him. Like he seems like mm. a nice guy. Well, whenever he got irritated with them for not being prepared, Robert didn't like it. As soon as he half turned away to grab something, Robert attacked him with his knife. He stabbed him repeatedly in the chest and the face. Suddenly, Suzanne, his wife, had entered the room from where she was in the kitchen she entered she saw this attack happening she tried to stop it and she was faced with the same doom robert had ordered josh to then attack suzanne and he stabbed her multiple times in the head and body um robert when he 
had stabbed half, he actually cut his leg as well, mm. um, his own leg. Wow. So he had a wound himself. So after they attacked the couple, um, they were dead. They were covered in blood. They fled the scene. They left the bloody knives. They were covered in blood, and they took $340 from Half's wallet. Soon after, the bodies were discovered by Roxanne Verona. She was an invited dinner guest for that night. And detectives thought at first when they got there, it looked like a crime of passion by someone having an affair possibly because they left the knives. There was blood all over. It just seemed like something quick. They knew him and they were angry. Loads of information were flooding into the task force with hundreds of theories. Um, because they were prominent figures in uh, professors right. at Dartmouth, yeah. they were a lot of people were interested in this case, and everyone knew something. Investigators were able to get a complete footprint in three weeks after the murder. Trace the knives back to Josh, who had purchased the knives. So they did a really good job at getting that footprint right. analyzed and getting um, figuring out where the knives where right. they were bought from. So that was awesome from them. Uh, Josh Parker was a 16-year-old kid who never got in trouble at school. He wasn't one to be to know to be known as a troubled kid throughout the community. But he and he did have an alibi the night of the crime, or he thought he did. He said he bought the knife so that him and Robert could build a fort together. And police were able to get fingerprints from Josh. He willingly gave those up. They also talked with Robert, but they had doubts that they were the killers. Investigators didn't really initially think that those two were the ones. But they also got Robert to give him some fingerprints, and they borrowed some boots for him for matching purposes. But they never, they didn't bring them into the station because they didn't really think they, they were the ones who did it. Right. The next day, the boys left town. So the next day after they, Asked for the boots. They were like, okay, maybe they're onto something. Like, we're getting out of here. Parker had written a note to his parents saying, don't call the cops. Well, his dad did just that, which is good because that did not happen in that Brian Laundry case. Right. So yeah. that was a good thing that he did. Police matched fingerprints of both boys from those that were found in the house. The teenagers thought police would be looking for Parker's Audi that he drove, so they ditched it and tried to hitchhike. When a tractor trailer picked them up, he radioed their intent to travel west. I guess he wasn't traveling west, so he was like, hey, I've got two guys here. They're heading out west. Anybody want to pick them up? Authorities pretended to be a truck wow. saying they were going west to pick them up in Indiana. The teenagers were then captured. So that was awesome that they caught yeah. that and that wow. was radioed in. Um, when they were captured, Josh squealed <laughs> and he testified against Robert in the trial and he expressed a lot of remorse for the killings. Mm -hmm. um, and he was sentenced to 25 years with a po possibility of parole after the age of 16. But Robert, according to um, websites like Wikipedia and um, others that we'll put in there, he pled guilty and he was sentenced to life imprisonment without parole and he showed no emotion. So he was kind of like the mastermind behind the ordeal right. and Josh kind of followed yeah. suit with that. Um, so it's a sad, a sad story for uh, all people right. involved. Yeah. I mean, they were so young. Um, and the couple 
you know, didn't deserve yeah, that. Not... Was Josh, is he out yet? It's been 20 years and he's up for parole. So he's not. He's not, okay. <clears throat> no. Nope. So he's about to full, mm-hmm. full sentence here in a couple of years, so. Wow, that's tough. You know, we talk, we've talked several murders about, you know, high school, you know, or kids. Mm-hmm. Teenagers. I know. It's sad. You got to make sure as a parent you're watching what they're doing, what they're searching, what kind of games they're, who who their friends are. Like, that's, I mean, that's scary. It's terrifying. (laughs) You don't know what to do. You don't know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think of, you know, my parents were great, but, and, but, you know, and nothing in high school, but, you know, I I think everybody can think back to the situation and you're like, I don't know if I should have been in that situation. Uh, definitely not. We all could. Right. So, so we're just, uh, uh, you know, a few more, a few more turns and just being in the wrong place. You might end up with, with a, a friend that's going to do it. Yeah. It's going to do something crazy like this. Yeah. You think they're going to be a friend and you're along for the ride and then boom. And man, just manipulation not saying too. That, yeah. yeah. Not saying that this was Josh <laughs> in this case, but, uh, but you know, it could happen. Yeah. could happen. But I'm really glad his dad, yeah. Like, call that in. He's like, mm. That's right. <laughs> no. Don't call the cops. I'm uh, going to call the I'm cops. I'm calling the cops. <laughs> Good job, Dad. Good job to to the police that, that hopped on that, that uh, CB call. Yeah, and <laughs> just getting information so yeah. quick. I mean, fingerprints and... Like if they didn't, because a lot of the stories that we've done, if they did, if they don't suspect you, right. they're not going to get fingerprints from you. They're not going to get a boot right. just to see. Like they're not like they really didn't think that these boys actually did right. it. It's just well, we asked you, so like let's get you know, yeah. let's just get your information and then we'll be gone. Wow, so very interesting. That's great. All right, well that was uh, that's definitely a horrible crime in in Hanover. New Hampshire, but we say a lot, uh, that crime does not define the town. The town is still beautiful. It's got, of course, Dartmouth College, which is beautiful and old and historic. Uh, if you're in Hanover, you definitely need to go by Dartmouth. Um, head, head to the Baker Berry Library, uh, the hum- Hood Museum of Art. Uh, if you're going to stay there, uh, the Hanover Inn looks great. It looks beautiful, and so does the Norwich Inn. It looks like an old, it looks like an it's bed and breakfast. It's an old Victorian style ha- house. So it looks pretty cool. looks like you can find some good places to eat there too. looks like a very nice old historic town uh, that anybody should, should be able to enjoy. So Hanover, uh, we did enjoy uh, learning about you and maybe one day we'll head up that way. Who knows? That'd be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh I got close to Fort Meade, Florida, but I didn't make it by. <laughs> I, I thought about it, but we just didn't have enough time to yeah. make it. So, uh, <laughs> you were Disney tired. It was Disney. We did, <laughs> but we were, you know, I was 45 minutes away. So mm-hmm. that was the closest I've been to, to a town um, since then. So or well, the, a town that we've done. One day. Uh, one day we'll make it. So, <laughs> All right. Shannon's going to throw the dart. Oh, Lord. Which ocean am I going to hit? Yeah. Well, the Atlantic. All right, I'll give you a play-by-play. Um, somebody requested that we give a play-by-play of the dart throw. Yeah, it really did. First throw, here it goes. Ooh, oh my goodness. It's Northern California. It's very, very close to two that we've already done. Okay, so we are going to throw again. I know we say, 
But I mean, we've, if we'd have been Southern California, we'd have done it, but we're, I mean, it's like 10 miles from ready. So let's give some love to somewhere else in the country. Okay. We're we're a perfect throw there. We're in California, farther South. So uh, hang on a second. I'll let you know where we're at. All right. We're going to try Colinga, California. All right, so I paused it there so we could do just a brief uh, little look to see what's in Kalinga, and I think we've got something, right? Yeah, I think it'll be good. All but right, so, do you want to know where I was aiming for? Are you hit Kalinga, California, <laughs> which is uh, south, just southeast of uh, or south of uh, San Francisco? I was kinda. trying to hit Oregon. Trying to hit Oregon, well, <laughs> which is way up there. I thought you were going to say like I was trying to hit uh, no. Minnesota or no, North Dakota and hit west, California. But so. I was wanting to go well, more that's north. Not, you were one state over, so that's not too bad. <laughs> okay, know. I didn't hit an ocean this time. This has to be the first time. I think so. You threw two darts and uh, got California both times, which is pretty consistent. But uh, yeah, no Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> so all right, well we're back in California. This is the the third one in California. It's a big state. Uh, we've got the entire map to throw at, and uh, and we keep hitting. We've hit California three times. So. Well, California is so big. It is, but <laughs> so the rest of the country is bigger. So, anyways, <laughs> episode thirty-five, Colinga, California. Um, all right, so that's where we're at next week, and then maybe the next episode will be in your town. Maybe, maybe. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, come back for episode thirty-five. Yay! Bye. Oh, and happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. It's going to be amazing. All right. See you. Bye.